1-800-BETS-OFF. Coach Kirk Ferentz getting his Iowa Hawkeyes ready to face Kentucky in the Music City Bowl on New Year's Eve in Nashville. Meanwhile, bowl season rolls on with four more games on the schedule today, including number 15, Oregon, taking on North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl tonight in San Diego. Baseball news, the Braves signing newly acquired catcher Sean Murphy to a six-year, $73 million deal. Murphy was three years away from free agency. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where you can ask for the famous sound off sandwich. This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station 106.3 KX and O. Scott Dockerman will join him toward the bottom of the hour. Uh, he's uh, covering the Hawkeyes Music City Bowl in Nashville. Doc will join us uh, in about 20 minutes. Let's get to our friend David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Happy New Year, Cap. How are you? Happy, healthy to all of you and your listeners, you and Trent. And uh, thankful I get to do this with you guys every week. Absolutely. Cap, what's the sports story of the year in Chicago this year? Wasn't a lot to get excited about, was there? I mean, I'm missing. I mean, Fields' development, I guess. White Sox and the Cubs kind of, eh. Blackhawks stunk. Bulls, nah. What's the story of the year? The story of the year is that the Bears have a franchise quarterback. Yeah. No doubt about it. There's really nothing else. I mean, unless you want to go negative, right. you could go negative and go, the story of the year is that all five Major professional teams, and and I know the Chicago Sky are good. Stop, please don't. I'm talking about the five big, huge needle movers, professional teams. Yeah, the needle movers. That's a great way to put it. All five suck. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, they're still getting around it. So being honest, yeah, it's true. With the Bears. We see development out of fields. We know they have a lot of work, and they have a lot of cap space to do it, and they have draft capital coming up this year's NFL draft. Expectations for the Bears are seemingly, certainly in Chicago, always through the roof. I mean, this year we had people trying to tell us, oh, this might be a playoff team, and yeah. they have proven trying to be. Trying to tell us, can you imagine how much cap hurt about Oh, right, <laughs> and Cap, you deal with this on a daily basis. Next year, what are the expectation level going to be for this squad? Mm-hmm. Sight unknown. We don't know what they're actually doing in free agency in the draft. I mean, is it going to be playoffs or bust? That's a minimum of what the expectations will be next year? No. Absolutely not. No. And I mean, you know, I had this guy that called my show. I got a billion of them. George <laughs> from England who goes by Bear Lissimo on YouTube and Great guy, breaks down tape and gives you draft things that they should do. And he said, oh, we got rid of the evil Matt Nagy. We're going to win 10, 11 games. Mm. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I said, George, they won't win five. I said, I'll give you five and 12 as the top end. And he thought I was insane. Then I had another guy, Lee Allen, who called in top five defense, top five special teams, <laughs> and I'm just a hater, and that they are definitely 9-11 to 11 wins. And I said, 
What are you people watching? They don't have any talent. And so now I'm hearing from these same people, okay, well, we didn't know they were trading Quinn and Smith. Their defense was bad when they had those two guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. So, look, you're not going to fix all that ails this team in one offseason. Unless you're talking about a pop-up, like, stunning surprise, I don't see any way that's a playoff team next year. Mm-hmm. I do not. Although they, they are clearly should point. Uh, I could see them flirting with it if all things go well. We'll see. Because the Lions are getting better in the division. The Vikings keep finding ways to win games. The Packers mean Rodgers. Yet you go back to week number one. Remember who they beat? Maybe the team that's going to come out of the <laughs> NFC. They somehow beat the San yeah, Francisco 49ers. They needed Noah's Ark to get out of there. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> raining so hard. They should not have beaten the Houston Texans. They got two tipped interceptions. And they ended up winning that game on a field goal at the gun. But they shouldn't have won that game. I don't think they're as good a team as the Houston Texans. I do not. And I'm hoping that they don't find a way to back into a victory here. It would be so Bears-like. Really? Go back and look at the 98 draft. Go back and look and see that the Bears beat two crappy teams at the end of the year. And they lost those games, they would have had the number one pick. And guess who went number one? I think it was Peyton, Peyton Manning. Peyton right? Manning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. We got Curtis Enos at number five. Mm, I mean, Penn State. Come on. What are we doing here? Oh, Mike, Matt Eberflus. Yeah, these are big division games. We got to win. Stop. <laughs> You're smarter than that, Matt. I'm not expecting him to come out and go, folks, I'm going to sit Justin because I want to lose. But stop with the, these are big division. No, they're not. No. You're three and 12. You stink. Yeah, you know it's all about the draft order. Couldn't agree with you more. All right, since we're going down the the uh, the memory lane here of 2022, how would you, how do you remember the Cubs and the White Sox 2022 version? Uh, two teams going in opposite directions at the start of the year. Cubs are going to be horrible. White Sox have a chance to win the World Series, and then at the end of the year. Two teams going in opposite directions. <laughs> the Cubs trending up 38 and 31, their last 70 ball games, pretty good sample size, and a lot of flexibility salary wise to go add what they want in the offseason. They've spent well north of $200 million, so can't say they're cheap. And the White Sox, absolutely a train wreck of a season the entire year. From Tony LaRusso's health mm-hmm. to guys always injured, to guys underperforming, to Tony stepping away, to it's just not a good situation over there. Now they went out and, you know, I keep hearing, well, we hired Pedro Grafol, and so our guys are going to play harder and tougher than everybody. Okay, that's coach speak. These are professional athletes. They try, they compete. It was just, not a good mix health-wise, all of it last year. So can they turn this thing around? We'll find out. I hope they can. Uh, and if the White Sox do turn it around, did they do so with Johnny Cueto? I didn't realize he pitched as many innings as he did, Cap. And I, and I know that he's still out there. What's the reluctance to bring him back? Have they just reached a point they just want to spend any more money? Um, I thought Cueto was good for, for the White and unexpectedly better than uh, we thought he would be. Well, I think he's probably looking for a bigger deal, A. B, they went out and got Mike Clevenger to take those mm-hmm. innings. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, Clevenger's there. And then, how much are you counting on a 36-year-old who didn't even have a, 
contract when last year started, and they got a minor league deal with him. Now he's probably wanting, what, $15 million a year? I'm not giving him that. It's So that's where it's at. So two teams trending different directions. Dazzy Swanson comes in for the Cubs. And speaking of expectation level, what more is going to be done? The free agent pool obviously has dwindled down. What do you still anticipate is on the table for the Cubs? How much more are they willing to spend? Or they feel like they're pretty good now going into the season. I think they need at least one more bat. I mean, who's your first baseman? Great question. Believe in that Mervis is the guy? No. I, I mean, I'm not going into a season where they, by their words, have said, yeah, we want to compete to go to the playoffs. Okay, you better be right then if Matt Mervis is the guy. And then who's playing third? Patrick, Patrick Wisdom, Wisdom has 170 strikeouts? Or do you maybe, maybe platoon Mervis and Wisdom at first and then go make a move if Carlos Correa is truly going to go to the Mets and they're going to get that thing done? They've got a couple guys on their roster that were their third baseman, I would think. They're going to have to move an infielder. Maybe you can make a deal mm-hmm. there. Maybe there's somebody else out there that you can sign on a one-year deal like Evan Longoria mm-hmm. and put him at third. I know he's old, but there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. And see what you can do until you get more prospects and more flexibility because next year you're going to have a lot more salary flexibility. Hayward's money finally falls off the books. And maybe you go sign Manny Machado if he opts out of his deal, which he's expected to do with the Padres. Hmm. Uh, would, would Dansby Swanson go to the Cubs? What, does, what did that signing do, Cap, as far as, I guess, optimism um, for, for this team? He's, he's a nice player. He is. I, I've, always, I've liked him. He's going to hit 25 home runs in all likelihood, play really good second base. We talked about it last week. Up, up the middle, they are absolutely solid, the, the Cubs are. Uh, but what, what does Swanson do as far as the optimism meter? Is it, is it ratcheted up a little bit, or is this kind of a, well, we, we, still, we still need more? We still need more, but it absolutely shows you that the people that said, oh, the Ricketts are cheap, they won't spend, that they are wrong. The Ricketts will spend. They spent at the top of the market. I think they were second one year and third twice in payroll during their big run. And then you know, Tom made that comment, which what I was told by people who would know, that was never in like prior drafts of his prepared remarks, biblical losses. And everybody mm. took that and ran with it because they lost almost $200 million. That's a lot of money. I don't care if you're a billionaire or what. $200 million is a big amount of money to lose. And then, okay, are we re-signing Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, all these guys? No. Well, then move them, get them out of here. Let's take this thing down and then build it back up. So now that they went and got Dansby... I think people are thinking, hmm, maybe these guys have an idea of what they're doing. The cash drain cap can't be helped by the marquee network. Are, are, are the, are the, will the Cubs own that in five years? I mean, where, where it, it, if this thing's got to turn a profit at some point, one would assume. Uh, it, it's, I think, probably bleeding them to death at this point. Where's the marquee? Where are the Cubs games airing in five years? Marquee, 100%. Um, I think the people that run Marquee, I really do, and I, I've i never worked for them. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to those people since I talked to them before 
I stayed at NBC, and I don't know know what they're like, but I, I hear they're really good people to work for, and they just bad timing. Yeah. The Cubs had a deal that came up for renewal in 2019. They couldn't hit the proverbial mother load like the Dodgers did. Some of these other teams, and by the time the Cubs did it, cord cutting was COVID. a real thing, and COVID hit. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do here? How are we going to launch a network with all this going on? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think they're in for the long haul. I do. So, watch the Bulls a little bit the other night. And they give up, a, what, 133 to the Rockets. Uh, a couple weeks yeah. ago, they gave up 150 to the T-Wolves. They had that three-game winning streak. But, well, maybe. And then you lose a game like that to the Rockets. It's a lost season, it feels like. Lonzo Ball very well could not play the rest of this season. And I'm hearing more and more rumblings about possibility of moving DeMar DeRozan. Is is that mm. a likely scenario? Is that just uh, people looking for content for a crappy tea when you're talking about the Bulls? Well, what are you hearing right now on that front? Or are we looking at a possibility of another break it down and try to build it back up? I mean, I can't believe that they're going to tank the season and try and think they can you know, get Victor Wembanyama. Now, they don't own their first pick. They traded that in the Vucevic deal, Mm. except if they're in the top four. It is top four protected. protected. So it's top four protected, and if you trade a bunch of these dudes away, Mm. now all of a sudden you go, wait a minute here. Uh, Maybe, maybe we could get in the top four, but who are you really trading that's going to make you bad enough? Let's assume Lonzo doesn't play. Mm -hmm. You trade DeMar DeRozan I guess you trade Nikola Vucevic's expiring deal. Is anybody taking Zach Levine? I don't think they are taking all that money. And if you take get rid of him for all his flaws, he's still a really talented player. So who are people coming out to watch? <laughs> Just nobody. Yeah. Alex well, Caruso, not so much. No. Uh, DeSomo, we loved him in, in yes, college. Yes, yeah. uh, different. But, well, Cap, it, it's uh, for both of the tenants of the United Center, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad for both of them. Bulls are bad in the Blackhawks. I'm not sure they're at rock bottom. That they're, I, I'm assuming, about to lose Patrick Kane because he wants to go somewhere and win. I'm a huge Jonathan Taze fan, but he's finished. Uh, he's, he's reached the end. He's... I mean, he's between the years. He's, he's he knows the game and sees the game as well as anybody. But this is a bad Blackhawks team. Both the United Center tenants, pu. Yeah, and the Bulls, you know, thought they were a playoff team. The Blackhawks have been under no illusion. They have said, "Hey, guess what? We are rebuilding one hundred percent. This is what a rebuild looks like." Okay, that's fine if that is where you're at. Okay, but I don't know how long they. How long do you ask people for the type of price that it costs? I don't know who. Somebody just hit their car alarm. Um, Are you breaking into cars? Or? I just had my window down. Um, how much are you good? How many years can you ask people to pay? I think it's 185 a ticket. Jeez. For like second level, wow. and over two hundred for lower level, and probably a hundred to sit in nosebleeds? the nosebleed. Yeah, how long can you ask people to pay that type of money? Mm. Mm. I'm not sure that you can for a long, long time. 
So I don't know what they're going to do. Cap, uh, they're in a bad spot. Indeed, they are. It's been, it was a bad year for the show, the pro teams uh, in the city of Chicago. No doubt about it. Cap, great stuff. Thank you for doing this. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday, Capper. Good to hear from you. All right. Don't forget Friday final show of Unfiltered. Yeah, you're done. Sports Chicago. Now are you going to be done on TV? Done, 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 or no? What do you mean? Are you? I mean, is I know you're going to do your YouTube channel. You're up to almost fifty thousand subscribers. You just went north of that recently. Um, yeah, we're at forty nine. Okay, so TV. Will you be done after this? I mean, for good. Radio and your YouTube, and that's it. What do you think? No, I don't think you're done. Yeah, I'm not the retiring type. <laughs> I don't think you are. Good stuff. It was too good an opportunity. If someone says we're going to do this. Okay, I'm in, but I'm not. Like my wife said, I was home. I haven't done radio since the 19th. Took off last four days last week and all this week. I'm back on on Tuesday, and my wife's like, when are you going back to work? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm on my way to TV right now. Good stuff, Cap. Thanks, bud. Happy New Year. Have a great day. Happy, healthy New Year. I appreciate you. Ditto. See you, buddy. Take care. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cap, they're going to be closed the 31st through the 2nd. But if you've got a project, you've been thinking about it, you've been putting it off, but 2023 is the year you're going to tackle this bad boy, or you're going to have the pros do it, but you're going to pick out the materials, which we highly recommend. Centurion Stone of Iowa. If you've got a an interior or an exterior project, any size stone veneer products, involved in it. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. You should visit the showroom if indeed uh, that's coming your way, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa. From Chicago to Nashville, Doc, Scott Dockerman, he is there. He's covering the Music City Bowl, as you would assume. He joins us next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Online, fullerdental.net. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call With year-end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515-266-3437, 266-3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller Family Dental. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines and a new location in Altoona. 46. Station 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman is in Nashville Music City Bowl. Hawks, Cats, noon or 11? 11. Get a guess, not much Motley Crue being played either. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, speaking of being played, Sam Port apparently is playing 
quarterback. I saw that uh, picture, Doc, that you tweeted. First of all, thank you, as always, for doing this. Happy New Year uh, to you and yours. Uh, how does this one compare, Doc, as far as the, the buzz leading up to this bowl game? Uh, guessing is kind of different than previous years, right? You're on the ground in Nashville. Do you get the sense there's about to be a big event played in that city? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a big event uh, tomorrow night between the Titans and the Cowboys. That's so pretty big. That's got a little bit more of a buzz. But, uh, you know, and specific, specifically with Iowa, I think it's, you know, I've got a good vibe from this team. I think they're pretty loose. I think they feel, um, you know, based on the conversations of just watching them, that, um, you know, I, I've known in the past when they the vibe wasn't very good, I would say that about the Hawk Slayer Bowl at Jacksonville, you know, eight or nine years ago, whatever it was. I don't see that at all. I think seeing a team that's just kind of, you know, ready for uh, ready for it. And I think that's set by kind of the tone of their of their leaders leadership. You know, with with Jack Campbell, with Sam Laporta playing after having a meniscus surgery, with um, you know, with Riley Moss and most of the others opting in. I think that they've kind of set that standard of let's go out and play and have fun doing it. It seems like they are having fun right now. Get ready for a game. One more time to put on the pads and, and hit some heads out there. The quarterback remains the biggest question, though. What we're going to see from Joe Labus. I know there's been talk, maybe a little bit more RPO, possibility of him using his legs. Do you have a comp? I mean, we haven't seen him in real game action. You got to see him in August camp and the like. Is there a, a former Iowa quarterback or just a quarterback in general that people could use a comparison to when we're going to see Joe Labus on Saturday? Oh, it's definitely Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's got all that. Now, come on. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's still it's, it's early. I'm not going to compare him to many uh, Iowa guys because that's uh, there aren't very many that hit the, that category. But you know, the little amount that I've seen is uh, that he's uh, you know he's more mobile, and uh, you know they seem to be you know whether it's just for show or flash or there's some truth to it. And they seem to want to go with a little bit more, um, you know, whether it's RPO or just simply uh, shotgun handoff with the, with a quarterback option to it. And I, and I think that makes sense. I mean, that's something that he can do. You don't want to put him in a position where he is struggling mentally. Uh, I think you're not going to see him try to hit, you know, his fourth progression on different routes. That, mm-hmm. That's insane. So, so I think in his case uh, that it seems to be the case and. And then also, uh, you know, it was fun kind of watching Sam Laporta this morning uh, <laughs> taking snaps in the shotgun. And LZ yesterday taking snaps from under center uh, as the emergency quarterback. So, uh, you know, again, that kind of leads to the, the light atmosphere. And I think that's a good thing for Iowa. Doc, one of the takeaways from yesterday is you had an opportunity, you and the fellow media that are down there, to try and dig into, you know, guys that have decisions, right, that may leave or may come back or wrestling with the decision, going to wait till after the bowl game to decide what to do. Um, and, and as you pointed out in, uh, in, in your piece that published this morning, the, the biggest question mark, Seth Benson, who has had a hell of a career at Iowa, but has an opportunity to come back. I know he wasn't available to you guys. Is that, in your mind, the, uh, the most talented? Uh, member of the roster that has that that has not declared one way or another what he's going to do after the bull. I think that, and I also think he's at the at a very big position of need right now. Um, when you look at uh, you know like Noah Shannon and Joe Evans who are uh, toying with that decision, there there is a, a healthy amount of players at the defensive line where I don't think I mean you know they can certainly come in and help and play and start probably right away, but I th- also think that 
Iowa would survive if they're not in the round. Now, at linebacker, uh, when you lose all three of a really good unit, one's going to, um, you know, one's going to Oregon, one's going to the NFL, and then, yep. then you got Seth Benson. I think you'd really like to have him back. Now, um, from what I heard and talked with the people around it, it is that, you know, he's, he's kind of at that juncture of how much football do you have left in your body? And will, if he go, comes back to Iowa, will he continue to be? Will he go from being, say, a, a sixth round pick to a third or something? I I don't know. And so it might be in his best, uh, you know, in, in, in his best observation to say, you know what, I think this is probably the best time for me to go ahead and take off, uh, try my luck at the NFL because he's been banged up at times. But I know uh, the staff wouldn't put pressure him into the situation of returning, but, man, they would love to have him. I do know that. And NIL in the collective makes this a little bit different kind of circumstance, right, for these guys making that decision. Hey, hang around for another year, play college football, and you're going to get a little of something there as opposed to going that free agency route. And, Doc, you covered as well as anybody you know that grind. If you're an undrafted free agent getting there, just getting into a camp and, and trying to even make that first cut, how difficult it is. Yeah, it is. And I think that's something that's kind of funny. You know, I know some of the people on our staff, the athletic, made that, just have said that it is much better and more lucrative for a good college quarterback to hit the transfer portal and get paid than it is to go be an undrafted free agent or even a late round pick. I mean, you know, think of, let's say, Nate Stanley. If he would have had that option of sticking mm. around one more year, whether it's in Iowa or transfer out. Um, or be a something on draft pick with the, of the Vikings to get cut in training camp. I mean, it would have made more sense for him to stay, at least financially. So I think that's something that um, we're going to see more and more of. Uh, that players on that borderline may decide that uh, it, you know, it makes more sense to get that guarantee. Maybe it's a six-figure guarantee to go play somewhere in college football rather than than uh, go to you know get a miniature signing bonus and then get cut in camp and hope and pray you end up on a practice team, which is more of a week-to-week paycheck as opposed to a guaranteed contract. Uh, when will you get both coaches, Doc? Because I'm anxious to – have you talked to Coach Stoops at all, to Mark Stoops about – I mean, there's no quarterback. Uh, they're, Rodriguez, their they're best running back is out. Uh, Cavassier Smoke, one of the best names in college football. <laughs> I don't even know if he's going to play or not. Look, when I, watched, when I watched Kentucky, and I did a couple of times this year, their best player on defense is number 15 by a mile, Jordan Wright's his name. And they got a freshman wide receiver who's really good. But they're missing a ton of guys, Doc. What have you heard, if anything, on the opponent? Uh, not much. I've really kind of concentrated on Iowa since I got here after driving in a snowstorm Monday. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to go over to Kentucky's facility, uh, but I do I do know that they they have some issues. And it's really as much as it is on Iowa's side of the ball, I think Kentucky has more. Yeah. Uh, because when you look that they were in the 100s in just about every category, except for passing game because of Will Levis, and he's, of course, opted out because he's going to be in the uh, you know, high the NFL draft pick, and then you throw on Chris Rodriguez, who's had a stellar career, a very good running back. Uh, they don't have much on offense. This is an offensive line that gave up 42 sacks Jeez. and was like 125th in TFLs allowed and gave up seven sacks last year to Iowa in the bowl game. And, uh, you know, I, I knew as soon as this matchup was set, I'm like, I don't know, there's no way we're going to see Will Levis because after them giving up that many sacks, I mean, they might give up 10 on Saturday, and if you're Will Levis, is that worth anything? <laughs> no way. So I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if this is 
this is going to be a real defensive struggle, but I think uh, Iowa is certainly prepared to have a pretty good effort on the defensive side of things. We know Iowa's still working the portal, looking for wide receiver help, looking for tackle help. Uh, those are a couple of the need positions still going into next season. One of the big uh, stories, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it was just rumblings, but Deontay Vines, his decision to come back, at least go through the bowl process at, at the very least, and he talked a little bit about the possibility of an evolution out of this offense. Talking to the guys this week, we were told this bill of goods right during the spring that things were going to be different. It wasn't. It was the same garbage again this season offensively. Are you of the belief, if there's no coaching changes, that they're really going to overhaul things and really have a look under the hood offensively? I do think there are going to be changes, and, and I can't really – I would be more predicting rather and, and speculating rather than give you hard evidence mm-hmm. as far as who might leave and who might stay. But I do think there will be changes. I do know that there will be changes to the, the offense, and I'm by no means going to sit here and, and uh, defend any kind of what happened on offense this year. It was a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. But I will say this, that any kind of changes you would have made based on the, the inexperience on the offensive line, the inability for them to have even one scholarship receiver a lot of times on the field, mm. and the quarterback who was very inconsistent, it's hard to spot any kind of changes. They had to really go... As, as small as they could as far as scheme and plan. And, and uh, so, you know, and how many, what are they going to do? I mean, you know, next year they're going to bring back one of the best tight end tandems in college football with when Eric all joins uh, Luke Lachey. So they're not going to deviate a whole lot from that. Um, but, you know, when you have a quarterback who's completed 64%, at, you know, at Michigan and versus well, something that Iowa hasn't even hit 60% since C.J. Beathard did as a junior in 2015. Uh, so you're going to see better numbers out of that. And what are you going to see out of the offense as far as, uh, you know, maybe better communication and whether that's Brian Ferentz still in his position or whether he leaves and goes and, and joins the New England Patriots and Paul Christ or John Budmeyer becomes OC. Uh, you know, I think that's what you'll, you know, you'll see better communication with the quarterbacks, receivers, and offensive coaches going forward so they can kind of move things along a lot better. Because, yeah, this year was a disaster, and I'm not going to pretend that it wasn't. But there were a lot of factors, not just the court, not just the coach and not just the play ball. Uh, one of those receivers, Brody Brecht, apparently back practicing today, Doc. What, uh, what, what's, uh, I guess, what do we, we expect out of him on Saturday? Is he full go? Yeah, he's back at practice, so I think he's going to be uh, close to full go. Uh, you know, I think Deontay Vine is going to be the guy that we're going to see a lot of. Um, you know, obviously, and Nico Ragaini and mm-hmm. uh, the two tight ends. Um, I don't know that we'll have many three receiver sets. I, I imagine the three you see will be some Brody Breck, some uh, Nico Ragaini, and, and Deontay Vines, and then maybe Sam Laporta spread out wide. I just don't. I don't think they're going to get too complicated on offense with with a third team quarterback who's never taken a snap before. Right. Uh, but but you know maybe you know we might see Alec Wick as well. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Brody's back. He's practicing. We saw him this morning. So I, I would anticipate him probably playing if he's practicing at this stage of the, of the bowl prep. Doc, thanks for doing this for us. Safe trip home from Nashville. Happy New Year to you. And uh, we'll talk to you early next week if your schedule allows. Thank you, Doc. Right. Happy holidays, guys. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Scott Dockerman uh, on the Hawks. More likely to happen, we see Joe Labus go out there and play well. Not ridiculous. Not throwing for 300 yards. But... Goes 12 to 18 for a buck 90, two touchdowns. Or this thing's an unmitigated disaster. <laughs>
and what Brian Ferentz told us. Uh, he's six and nineteen. Carson May comes in. He plays a couple series. He's what's more likely? Labus plays pretty good, or we come in on Monday or Tuesday, excuse me, and say, boy, they might even need to find a backup because they don't have one right now. I'm not the right guy to ask because I was all aboard the. In fact, I think I was leading the the. Uh, I was driving the uh, Spencer Petrus bandwagon I, for I the tried, last couple of years. I tried to talk you out of it. I just wanted it to be good. I like his yeah. story, and I felt bad for the uh, for the flack that he took. Um, the latter. It's it's a disaster, right? <laughs> yes. This game is going to be hideous. I mean, I'm intrigued because of that. We like car crashes, right? Yeah. Well, you're rubbernecking. You're looking yeah. over. Everybody. Somebody does it. else's. I like better. Now, nationally, you have Alabama K State going on at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. People are still going to be making the jokes. Sure. Absolutely. When this game's deep in the fourth quarter, it's 7 6. And did I see today? I hadn't looked. I, I heard somewhere that. It's raining. It's supposed to rain. Yes. And the total is ticked down another half point. Has it? So it's 30 and a half? So something like that. 31? You're kidding me. I think it was I, I think I heard that it was maybe thirty one across the board. Let me So pull it up if here. it rains and if indeed it is a factor, could this game get in the upper twenties? Twenty nine and a half. Could it fall that low? Just for the ridiculous nature of it, I hope it happens. Yeah, I'm looking circus got it down to thirty and a half now. Mm. Here's why I think there's gonna be some points scored, and it's, it's we've said it a million times throughout the year. And Doc just kind of uh, hit the nail on the head. Kentucky gave up forty two sacks. Yeah. This right? defense is going to be And getting... here comes Iowa's defense. Mm-hmm. And Jack Campbell is, as he is all year, mm-hmm. is every game. I mean, he plays special teams for crying out loud. Yes. He's the first guy down the field. He's motivated. He wants to win this game. Uh, they beat him last year. Kentucky beat Iowa last mm-hmm. year. I think the defense is going to score. This is, this is a true freshman quarterback, apparently, that's going to start for Kentucky. It's not going to be Deuce Hogan, is what I'm reading. Yeah, and that shows you the people that were on the Deuce train yeah, as well. I know. <laughs> If he can't play for Kentucky in this game, right. Kirk's comments last year, Deuce Hogan, nice, God-fearing young man. Mm-hmm. Not a very good quarterback. Right. I think that's where we learned, at least at the power conference level. I, I think you're 100% right. I think, Trent, it's, this game is... Oof. I'm intrigued to see Labus, just to see, right? Yeah. And, and if he's okay, even if he is, he struggles. So let's go the other way. What if What if he does what you... He does put up the 12 of 18 for a buck 90... They score a couple of touchdowns through the air. How bad does that make the Ferences look? Terrible. Absolutely brutal. Especially when you go back not too long ago to Brian Ferentz, mm-hmm. what he was the gap between uh, Petrus and Padilla, and then Padilla to the whoever the three is, uh-huh. is cataclysmic. It's unthinkable. Maybe it, their evaluation is not very good at quarterback. Uh, Meaning, you know what would be good? Actually uh, hire a real quarterback coach? That, that might not be a bad thing. So you're still or a real offensive coordinator that, that, and you're still of the opinion that the next year's offensive coordinator is this year's offensive coordinator. Well, here's another thing we haven't talked about much. Not only yes, he's not going to be fired. Brian's not going to be fired. I think we can all I agree. Realize that that is not I'm going to happen. You. And I've said so as much. Now I think he's going to off himself, but who's hiring him? He has litigation still mm-hmm. hanging over his head. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, is New England the only place? Because reading reports yeah. and, and reading New England stuff, it is so similar. Now, Belichick's got a couple boys now work, of his boys working for yep. him. He's become very insular in his old age. He is bringing back people that are yes-men for him, people that will agree. He's got a couple of defensive guys running his offense. He is doing people it his don't own. think he's going to be there next year, too. Well, in him and Kraft, apparently, there's there's been more and more rift between the two. Yeah. 
But that doesn't happen. Where is he going? Where is he going? Does Bill O'Brien get the gig? That would be your only hope. Bill O'Brien, is. that is the one hope. Yeah. Without Bill O'Brien, I don't think there's a spot for Brian Ferentz anywhere. College football, you can't hire him. You I mean, can't hire not, a guy with, with that. Over with, no, no, absolutely right. not. It's because this still has to go to court. And what NFL teams are, you know who we need to get? Who? The worst Power 5 offensive coordinator. That's going to be the guy that's going to help us out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. I thought it's, you meant who we need to get, you and I need to get. It's not an easy sell. Unless no. it's Belichick and Bill O'Brien, there's one spot. I really see it that way. And if it doesn't happen for whatever reason, or Belichick walks away, takes another job. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know about that. I don't I think that'll happen either, away. but it's not the slam dunk that I think a lot of people believe that it is. Uh, it's 12.45, Trent's plays of the day, and apparently he's got nine of them. Uh, we're up to 13 now. No, we're up to 13. We should have gone to break a couple of minutes ago. We're late. It's Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Ever you get your podcast. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back. Final segment here on a Wednesday. Chris Murray, Connor McCaffrey, both good to go tomorrow. That's Necessary. good news. Yes, yes. absolutely. Nebraska's better. They beat Creighton. They did. And Creighton's been... Yeah. Had Purdue on the ropes. They should have beat Purdue. A bad officiating call. Yep. Indiana pasted them. Yep. Uh, but that game was in Bloomington, I'm pretty sure. Saw it's a sellout. Yeah. Can be a mm-hmm. difficult road environment. Something. 6 p.m. tip BTN. I was not played in a difficult road environment. That trip out to Seton Hall, yeah. that was not very difficult. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Duke, Madison Square Garden, right. not a real road environment. Nope. This nope. will be their first time playing in front, front of a crowd like that. You know, not a very veteran backcourt. What's the point spread going to be? Is it out yet? Uh, it's not out yet, but I believe Ken Palm had it Iowa by two, if my memory so serves. So tight. Yes. Let's uh, fire it up here, get logged into old Ken Palm, and it is Iowa, yeah, by two. Okay. 75-73. So the points spread will come out this afternoon, and... It'll be right around that number. Funny how that happens. Amazing. Well, Trent, you've got nine games. 13. 14 now. 14 now. <laughs> Went to break at 13. He's found another one. Here they are. All right. So we got college football. We talked about it. I love Duke today. Laying the three uh, against uh, UCF. That game's coming up here in just eight minutes. So you want to jump on your app. Get on Circa right away and get that number. Duke minus three. Also, college football-wise, I am on UNC. I grabbed the 13 and a half. Going to be fun. Going to be a shootout. Though that's 75 and a half. That's too much. I'm going to play the under. Live opportunities. It's that's one thing. Six and a half. Now. It's seventy six and a half now. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I got it at seventy five and a half, and now disappointed because I locked that one in. <laughs> right. But we'll be playing around and love playing totals. And I'm on the Jayhawks today. I think they win it outright, but I'll grab the two and a half with Kansas. Now, college basketball, we got a ton. SEC play begins tonight. 
There are a ton of games, and I got a ton of dogs in the SEC, including Ole Miss at home against Tennessee. Also got Florida plus five and a half at Auburn. Uh, Alabama, I'm going to lay the one. They go on the road to Mississippi State. Of course, we saw them lose the game against uh, the Bulldogs here a week back. And LSU, going to grab the four and a half at home against Arkansas. Also in college hoops, Wyoming plus two. (laughs) San Jose State. Plus five and a half. We're going to lay one and a half with Xavier as they go to St. John's. We got Colorado State, Nico's squad, finally getting healthy and playing much better. They go to New Mexico. We'll grab the six and a half in that spot. We got Wichita plus six and a half against Central Florida and Villanova against maybe the best team in the country, though they're not number one, UConn. We're going to grab Nova plus the 12 in that matchup. All 13 right. play, 14 plays. So if you didn't have a chance to write them down, and I'm right. guessing many of you didn't, you can go to the Action Network and search Trent Condon, and all of his daily plays show up there each and every single day. Over the last 30 days, we're up 35.6 units, 144, 105, and 3 against That's Pretty good. That's pretty darn good. All right, good stuff. Well, tomorrow we'll talk about that Nebraska-Iowa tilt is the Big Ten. Curtain goes up on it. Want to preview, hopefully, we'll do a good preview on the Big 12 with Matt Postens, who's really good on Big 12 basketball. Uh, maybe grab Sip tomorrow, a little Bill Bender, some Vikings. I think they're the only local team we really haven't focused on this week. Mm-hmm. So that's what we shall plan to do tomorrow. We've got Thursday night football tomorrow. Bowl games are ratcheting up. Lots of viewing and betting opportunities. Oh, and you know I'll be firing away at that one. Looking forward to the normalcy now of bowl season. You kind of said it. Yeah, it's now. It's time. It's here now. Yeah, it's here. And there's excitement about these games. It's it's teams you know. It's players you know. That's just it, right? That, that's a huge It's helmets. Yes. That matters. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And just the excitement. Even the Iowa Bowl game, which is, this is the least anticipation ever for an Iowa Bowl game. Is that fair to say? Uh, certainly since, yeah, that I can recall. Maybe the tax slayer because of the destination. Yeah, it was Jacksonville, right. but... But no, this is the answer. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's different than even 2014. I mean, think of how different college football is in the eight years in between of where we were at that point. And we saw this game, we saw this game 364 days ago or whatever it was. It's Kentucky, too. It's Kentucky. It's a basketball school. It's a basketball school. Stoops has done a good job. Oh, he's done a great job. I love watching Kentucky. I'm not killing him. That's my guilty pleasure. You need to find a better one. Obama's is Purdue. You got to watch. You had to watch the Iowa offense, the Iowa State offense this year, and you watch mm-hmm. Kentucky football on top of it. Mm. Woof. Yeah, that's uh, going to do it for us. That's what the music means. We will be back tomorrow. Of course, you can hear Trent and I every single Monday through Friday from eleven to one. Uh, following us in here, in fact, they're probably on the other side of the door right now. Murph and Addie, they take the airwaves at one. Heather's back today. Heather and Sean today from three until six. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy all the games here on W.